0: so another director's been removed from a star wars film force friday 2 news a new rebel season 4 trailer an interview with rebels head writer henry gilroy more dragon con coverage than you can shake a stick at and more all of this coming to you this week from the outer rim news podcast for the week of september 6 2017 first off I'm Ashley Wilbanks, and let me introduce you to the man that's about to evacuate. And I'm not talking about what's in his nether regions. I'm talking about his town,
1: Austin Gordy. <laughs> I think that's the most. I think that's like the most rated R you've ever gotten on this. Show. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting here in my head. I'm like, not my bowels. And you're like, his nether regions. His <laughs> <It's> fiddly bits. <laughs>
0: Oh, geez. Okay. My bad. My bad. My bad, kids.
1: <laughs> we lost so many listeners. They're just, they're angry.
0: So, uh, so how's your,
1: how's your week been, man? Yeah, just still recovering. You know, my, uh, my feet and legs are still just sore from all the walking at Dragon Con And, and then, uh, you know, just uh, this week I've had, like, I'm having to serve jury duty. So it's, it's been crazy and... Um, we'll talk a little bit about that jury dude No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> no, no 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 can't do that but uh and then I, and now I'm like we're getting set up cuz uh, it looks like uh our area is going to most likely be evacuated because of hurricane Irma so flashback to last year just around the, close to the same time maybe i think like a month difference with uh hurricane Matthew so everybody's you know really going nuts this time like i mean our gases ran out uh, everybody's bought up all the water in all the grocery stores and it's just pandemonium well, that's so the thing's
0: huge yeah. i mean it's a category five hurricane
1: yeah right now category five they're they're saying like if the models stay true it'll um yeah i think it'll probably go down to like a category three by the time it hits this area uh, so I don't know, I'm, I'm just hoping that it it changes or weakens a lot more than that or but uh no I really hate it I hate the fact that it's I mean cuz it looks like Miami's probably going to get hit really hard so yeah. you know my thoughts go out to them but um I'll tell you man it's no joke I'll tell you after I've experienced it once I'm like ugh, it sucks so I feel for anybody that has to get displaced or you know you know because of it or you know they get evacuated it's eh, it's no bueno
0: yeah. And what's worse is there's another one behind it. Yeah. You know, coming up right. and another one in the Gulf Cur- Coast This forming. I mean, it's like, what? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about before we hit all the Dragon Con stuff. Let's go back to, to Friday. Tell, give me your Force Friday experience, if oh, if man. you had one.
1: Uh, you know, I I tried to have one because it was, you know, you were already there, but you know, I, I, this was, you know, Thursday night because Friday, I think Friday, you know, we were we were driving all morning to get to Atlanta for Dragon Con, so Thursday mm. night we were. I was in Statesboro, so you know, there they have a Walmart that's open twenty four hours, so I, I was like, they've got to be putting stuff out at midnight, you know. Makes sense. So yeah. we go out there and looking, and there's nothing there, nothing at all. And um, you know, we wait around for a second, and you know, there's nobody really in that section doing anything. So I, I just went to the to the, uh, I guess whoever was working back in the electronics section, asked her about it. She was like, you know, let me check the back. And then she's like, oh yeah, we've got a we've I've got a pallet here. Let me I'll take it out to the front. Just uh, meet me over there at the I mean, meet me over at the toy section. And so here I am, giddy, like, ooh, this is it. I'm gonna get to dig through all this stuff before I have to go to Dragon Con. And she opens it up and it's like one of those R two D two I don't know, build a droid thing or my Bob's, I don't know what it was. It was yeah. something more we for kids, that. but that was all it was. Just one display for that. And uh and she and I asked her, I said, Well, this isn't all and she said she said, Yeah, we can't put the others out. It says we can't put it out to the twelfth which of course we all know is is bull. But yeah. um Yeah, it was weird. She just, she wouldn't put it out. And then, so I had to go home empty-handed. So that, that was a bummer. Mm. But, you know, we, after DragonCon, we were able to stop back by, I think in Stockbridge, which was south of Atlanta, stopped at a Walmart there and, and, Bam! Like they had a display out. They had all, all the Black Series figures, and they had the little figures and the like the you know the ships and Lego sets and all that. And uh, I w- I was able to grab an old old Luke and a Thrawn figure, so I was set. I was over the moon. And those are the six inch, right? Yeah, the six inch Black Series. I got the yeah. old the uh, J- Luke Jedi Master and the Grand Admiral Thrawn. Hmm.
0: And so that's that's the. That's your forced Friday experience.
1: Actually, you know, I take that back. Also, also that, um, what was that? That that was when we came back. So that wasn't technically Friday. That was Sunday when we were coming back. And then later on that day, I forgot. We ended up going to uh, there's a big uh, outlet thing out near where we live, and mm-hmm. uh, the Tanger Outlets. And so we yeah. went out there, and and there had like a Toys R Us Express, and they had more stuff. So I bought a few ships there. Um, like the, the tie silencer, the, the, uh, bomber and what else did I get? The, uh, what was the other, what was the other rebel ship?
0: The resistance ski speeder.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. The speeder. Yeah. I got the speeder, the bomber and the tie silencer. And then, and then, um, also ended up picking up the, Hera figure, the Black Series figure. <laughs> so, so I ended up getting more than I thought I was. So I got, yeah, I ended up getting the hair so I could put her with my Canon figure. So, so yeah. Oh, by Is the way, cool I also figure? picked up a, <laughs> found a Lego set, but it was on clearance the U-Wing fighter. Got it for like 27 bucks. So I was, so it was a good day. It was a really good day.
0: Sweet. Yeah. Well, my force Fridays, it was kind of like your force Friday, um, I got up early like four thirty in the morning so I could drive to Atlanta and be there by eight. <clears throat> um, so I'm on my way and the Walmart in my town is the exact opposite way I need to go to Atlanta. So I just head out and I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can stop halfway like in Madison and, uh, stop at their Walmart and they'll definitely have some, it's a bigger Walmart than, than the one where I live. So they're going to have something. So I'll walk in and beeline to the, toy department and they have the uh force link wrist thingy by bobs on the shelf and the sphero r2d2s and bb8s and that's it and i stop one of the people in the toy section one of the walmart employees and i say um where's all the the new star wars figures they're supposed to be released today and they look at me like what and then another lady comes by and said, oh, yeah, those are supposed to be out. And she was like, let me go to the back and get some for you. And I was like, ah, I really don't have time. You know, I'm I'm trying to make it to Atlanta. So I appreciate it. So I left. And uh, that was my fourth Friday experience <laughs> until Saturday. Mm, yeah. yeah. So after I leave Dragon Con Saturday afternoon, I then stopped back at the Madison Walmart. And most of the figures are gone, but I was able to pick up Luke. I'm I'm talking about a three and three quarter inch figures. I picked up Luke Jedi master, uh, Chewbacca with the cute Porg. And there was a couple of more Rose. And I think that was it. I think that was it. Maybe Rose. Yeah. But then when I came, yeah, when I came back home, I came to our Walmart and Sandersville. And the only thing they had w- was Finn and general hooks, which I picked up. Everything else was gone. Wow. Uh, but, but then my wife went back two days later and they got another shipment in and I got the first order Stormtrooper and page and everything else was gone. I had to that second wave. <laughs> so, um, I'm still missing Ray and I'm still missing, uh, there's somebody else I'm missing. Poe Dameron. Yeah, I'm missing Poe Dameron. But, uh, and apparently, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi and a Yoda coming out soon along with a General Leia figure. Now, see, that's what I want to General
1: Leia. Yeah. Like, I want a General Leia black series, like the six inch in the. Oh, yeah. I'd like yeah. it to be in the suit she wore in Force Awakens. Mm hmm. Like I I would love to have a figure of that. Hmm. Now what so, is, what is this that's coming out? Is it a three and three quarter inch or
0: Yeah, it's a three and three quarter inch. And that's that blue outfit she's got on in the last Jedi oh, I got promotional you. stuff. And the
1: Obi Wan Kenobi, is it old man Obi or young Obi? Yeah, it's Obi? from a New Hope Obi. A New Hope. Gotcha, gotcha.
0: And uh uh Revenge of the Sith Yoda.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm. Yeah. I'm gonna go back and start. You know, I'll I'll definitely go back and get some of the three and three quarter inch uh, later. You know, I mean, my big thing was the black series, some of the black series figures. Um, but I'll probably yeah. try to catch the the smaller figures, especially if they start going on sale. You know, I'll I'll grab a bunch mm-hmm. of them because I definitely want like Luke, Ray, Poe, Finn, uh, Chewy. What's funny is my mom actually bought Chewy with the pork. And she was, she loves it. So I, so I told her, I said, go ahead and get you one. And it's so a, she hey, dude, out. it's
0: a really nice Chewbacca figure, too. Really yeah,
1: yeah. Nice. The, see, that's the one thing I'll tell you about these new figures. Even the three and three quarter inch, they, they look better. They look better than the originals. I mean, than, than the oh, first yeah. line. They've really yeah. made improvements on them. Like, like I, like, I think we talked about this before. I love the fact that, like, for example, the, the, the fighter, like Poe and was it Page? What was her name? Yeah, Rose. Ro- no, yeah, Paige has the. Paige. The yeah, I was going to say the ones, the, anyone, any of them that have a flight helmet, the fact that they're mm-hmm. removable and they also were like the plastic, you know, the see through visor and stuff like that. I was really impressed that they, they included that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and just, the, I think to me, the sculpture, you know, just the sculptures look really, really well. So, so I'm impressed with these, these lines of figures. So. Yeah. Yeah, this line definitely. I mean, the rollout not so good. I say, but the the quality of the figures are really decent. Yeah.
0: Well, um, two. I also bought some more stuff. Um, on Entertainment Earth, I had I had about one hundred and fifty dollars in Entertainment Earth cash on me, so I went ahead and bought a whole pile of Last Jedi Funko Pops, everything they had in stock. You know, <laughs> one, right. one of each. So it was about ten. It was about ten of them, and uh. Also got a stormtrooper uh steering wheel cover because I needed steering wheel cover, you know. And it was only $7.99. I couldn't pass it up, so <laughs> whatever. But uh yeah, that 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 pretty much sums up my Force Friday experience for this past week. Um you know, it was I don't think it was as exciting as previous Force Fridays because because of Dragon Con and my focus was on getting there You know, and not so much getting to spend the whole day toy hunting, right? Like like previous Force Fridays, but eh, it was it was decent once I actually started finding
1: stuff. But you know, I never found the six inch figures, never. Never. Oh, you haven't? I was going to say in some places, some of the Walmarts, that was like all they had were the Black Series, and I didn't hardly see any of the three and three-quarter inches. That was the reason I'm just kind of disappointed with the rollout a little bit. Like like maybe if you shopped at Toys R Us or something, they, I'm sure they had more. I haven't checked my yeah. local big Toys R Us. I've only checked that Express, and it's way smaller. But, um, but yeah, like Walmart should have done better. Cause at least around here, because that's your, that's going to be your major chain. And a lot yeah. of them, they just didn't know what to do with them and didn't, didn't care. And they, you know, they, when they rolled them out, you know, it just seemed like it was really, it was inconsistent. So that was kind of a bummer.
0: Yeah. Now, now I will say that my Walmart here locally did have six inch figures. But it was the previous wave. It was the Lando, Qui Gon uh, uh, Director Krennic. Who else? Maybe.
1: So you, so yours did get the Lando and Qui Gon and all those.
0: Yeah. How much yeah. are they
1: selling them for?
0: Eighteen eighty
1: four. Eighteen 84 are the same. Okay. And that was another yeah. thing I was impressed with with Walmart. I will say that that kind of redeemed me because I thought it was going to be like twenty four ninety nine, but the fact that they sold the new ones for eighteen eighty four, I'm like, okay. All right, that's, just, mm-hmm. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: really, really.
1: Oh, Let's segue into a little a break,
0: semi-breaking news, because this kind of broke yesterday. Um, and it's kind of uh, a repeat of what Lucasfilm has been doing over the past, you know, I don't know, last couple of years. Um, it, it seems like Episode 9 director Colin Trevorrow has now gotten the boot from Lucasfilm and will not be directing The Last Jedi. Now, this is a pattern that's kind of started with, if if you remember a couple of celebrations ago, Josh Trank was supposed to come out and be announced as a director for one of the standalone Star Wars films. Mm -hmm. And he got the boot. Um, And then just recently, Chris, uh, Phil Lord, Chris Miller... Uh, got the boot off Han Solo and being replaced with Ron Howard. And now Trevor Rowe has gotten the boot. Um, And it seems that like the other instances, that it all goes back to disagreements with Kathleen Kennedy. And this one was apparently over the, the script for the film. Now I can't remember where I heard this. I, I but the non-num actor, I think his name is Mike Quinn. Uh, I can't remember if he was on Twitter, Facebook, some social media site, and this was maybe in June-ish, You know, said that he would not be surprised if Colin Trevorrow was the next director to be to be shown the door at Lucasfilm, right. and uh, apparently, you know he he's in the know. And it happened. So I'm just wondering how long ago this actually happened. You know, if this happened, you know, yesterday or if it happened a a few weeks ago and we just we're just now learning about it. And also, Austin, what do you think? How do you think this affects the film going forward as far as a release date? Do you think we might be seeing that December time frame again?
1: Uh, you know, it's hard to say because I would, I would have thought so, but you know, even with the Han Solo movie going through the shakeup, they still stuck with the, you know, with the really close release date of next summer. So I feel like maybe we're, we're far enough ahead that, you know, they may be okay. Um, cause I don't think they were supposed to start filming until what was it? Uh, was it October, November? Mm-hmm somewhere around there I thought they were I don't't yeah. think they had start, started yet which is close but um you know I who knows you know I, I I think that they still have that wide window of of getting it done by you know of you know summer of next not next year but year after so I think it'll I think I think they could probably still make it
0: yeah I you know i, I I'm wondering you know it says that most of this had to do with disagreement about the script. And I know mm-hmm. that when Carrie Fisher passed away, it probably threw the biggest monkey wrench ever into, uh, into this script because from, from what I can recall, everything was written and finished as far as the script goes. You know, it was just waiting for, for you know, the production to start and Carrie Fisher died and then everything was up in the air. You know, maybe. He turned in something that Kathleen Kennedy just said, well, this is not up to par or, you know, this is not the way I wanted this character to be treated or written out. Because, you know, I think it was announced, what, a couple of weeks ago that a new writer was brought in to redo the Last Jedi script. I mean, uh, episode nine script. Yeah, episode nine. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I remember that.
0: Yes. So, um, you know, I'm wondering if maybe the boot happened
1: around that time. We just didn't know. Probably, it. probably you know? it was probably already done, and then they were like, you know, let's let's go ahead and bang this new script out. Let's get it, you know, reshaped, and uh, you know, then we'll break the news, you know, or either either they or either they they thought maybe you know they'll have some time to get a new person first, but I'm, I'm sure maybe this you know leaked out already, and so you know and they haven't even found anyone yet. But, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it probably, that probably happened around that time now that you mention it. Yeah.
0: Well, here's an, here's another question for you. So who replaces Colin Trevorrow?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, some people I've heard, they're like, Hey, just, you know, if, if Ryan Johnson did such a good job or, you know, if, depending on, you know, if he, if he does a good job, but apparently they must've worked well together. They say, Hey, let just Ryan Johnson, uh, just, continue on into the next movie and finish it out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure probably some people are like, bring JJ back. Some people are like, keep JJ away. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Some people are probably like, bring George Lucas in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know what, that would be such a, an interesting and funny thing. If like George Lucas just, just came to it just as a director, like a director for hire. <laughs> <laughs> just think about the okay. the reaction. I,
0: I think it would be a good idea, but in reality, would it happen? No, because I think that now George is in a place where this would not be his film. This would be exactly. And he would have uh, the, the company's film.
1: I, and, you know, yeah. I wouldn't want him to either. I've, I just think that George is all his strengths has always been in maybe, you know, like story ideas and stuff like that. But in terms of directing, I'm sure that it's not it's nothing that, that, I, I don't know. I don't think it's his strongest skill set, and I'm sure it's probably something he doesn't necessarily care to do. It's more along. He likes doing the stories. So, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, to me, that was just a kind of a joke, but sort of a thing, just a just a funny idea to come up with. But, um, I mean, even myself, I thought, hey, what if, like, somebody – and it wouldn't happen, but maybe what if Christopher Nolan threw his hat in, you know? Ooh. Um the only thing is, is he would be one of those directors that's just like, you know, because of this trilogy already going on, this is already a pre, you know, this is already a preconceived world. We've already had other installments. And I know he's done the Dark Knight trilogy, but he still was able to kind of start from scratch and create his own world. Yeah. So with this, he's kind of having to go off of, you know, other people and, and all that stuff. He can't have full control. But God, mm-hmm. you know, just thinking about the cinematography and the, just, you know, just the wake. The the beats, you know, like how uh, Christopher Nolan runs, you know, he, I don't know, I I think that would be pretty cool to see, but I don't know, I think that that, it's a good idea to keep kind of what if they just, if if Ron Johnson does a good job with Last Jedi, maybe just keep him in for the next one just to finish it out. Who knows? But, but you're talking about the
0: cinematography for Christopher Nolan. I don't think he would be allowed to do a Christopher Nolan film. True. That's, would, that's why would, I'm saying it, it
1: wouldn't work. But I mean, just yeah. thinking about, just thinking of the, the, just the cinematography mainly and just the way, yeah. just the, the pacing and the, the action shots and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like you did in the dark Knight and like inception and, and you know, yeah. all that yeah, even Dunkirk, Dunkirk was such a great, I could like, man, if you could see like a star Wars movie shot, like Dunkirk or something would be, would be insane. Um, But on like a way grander scale, that would be really cool. But um, you know, I, I'm I'm also just you know, it's 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 tough to say because, I mean, I even thought that you know that Gareth Edwards um did a really good job, um, yeah, doing Rogue One. That God, I, I mean, I I wouldn't mind if he came in and and did one. You know, he he did such a good job there. But but would he? But would he? Would he do a good job? I think he would. No, I mean,
0: would no no no. Would would he come back? Because you know, oh, would he come back?
1: He, that's a good. Question he was kind of taken off, you know. I mean, yeah. he was kind of not fired, but fired. Right. You know? That's that's my thing is I think that because of that particular aspect,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: doubt that he would come back. But it would be nice. I mean, if if that if that ended up happening, I I, I would root for him because you know I'm I'm a fan, and mm-hmm. um, I love his his cinematography and his his you know his visual. I I just I love it cuz he he was great with Godzilla and he kind of brought mm-hmm. some of that into Rogue One but made Rogue One, you know, he made he really to me he made Rogue One feel really much like Star Wars. It was it was a really really yeah. uh great feeling to to see that. You know, I I'm almost want to say I'm
0: I'm going to throw out some names like John Favreau who's already in the Disney family.
1: Yeah. I feel like John Favreau would be good. He, he would be to me. I think he would be a safe bet. John Favreau would be like, if you brought like, like them bringing in Ron Howard to, to finish Han Solo. Like, you know, it's going to be good because he, he he makes great movies. And that was my second
0: choice would be Ron Howard. You know, he's, he's coming off a Han Solo film. Mm -hmm. He's got, you know, he's got his little star Wars first movie under his belt. Now, give him a Star Wars movie that's all his own, you right. know, that you don't have to take up the, the cross from Miller and Lord, you know, you right. start from scratch with it, other than some casting choices that are there from the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. um, But uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've even seen something like, well, what if Steven Spielberg were, were to come in and direct this last movie or, or the, the final movie in this, Three movie trilogy. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, would he, he, he and George are tight. Would he come in and do that without it being George Lucas asking him? But also, there's this tie with Kathleen Kennedy and they work together, you know, for most of her career. Right. And, you know, I, I don't know. Would he come in and do that? You just don't, you know, I, you know, just don't know. I don't know who would be the best fit. I'm not. I'm not that deep into movie making. All I want is a, is a good finish to this trilogy. Right. Something that, something that leaves me wanting more, not a cliffhanger, but just, you know, just keeps the star Wars franchise alive and, and, and better than, than it was before. Right. You know? Um, so, uh, let's talk a little bit let's 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 talk a little bit about dragon con right now uh and before we get into uh our interview with with henry gilroy uh let's talk about our thoughts on on just overall thoughts on dragon con so what do you what do you think of this year's dragon con overall i know you stayed one more day than
1: than i did right i um you know because i've been going to dragon con since yeah, this is, this would be the, the, the 10 year anniversary since my first experience. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't gone every year, but, you know, I've gone the majority of the years. And, uh, this year was really fun. Like I thought, um, I don't know. I thought it was a, it was a good vibe. Uh, a lot of good people, good stuff. Uh, you know, I will say that the, this was their biggest turnout. I mean, every, and they say that every year because every year it does get bigger and bigger and bigger. Like I think this year they estimated, uh, over 80,000 people attended mm-hmm. and, uh, that's huge. Cause I remember back when the numbers were like, like, I think 20,000, 20 or 30,000. And we even thought that was big, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely crazy. There was a lot of people, but it was, it was really cool. And, uh, the star Wars events were really, really fun. I got to kind of experience a lot of stuff there. I, I will tell you this. I felt old. Because there's so much fandom out there that now that I'm, that's kind of slipping by me, and I, I need to catch up. Because um, you know when I go, I still kind of have the, I'm that nostalgic kind of person, so I'm I'm sitting there just you know missing the good old days of, of like doing the Star Wars panels and doing the Star Trek panels, and Battlestar Galactica was on top of the world, and Heroes was on top of the world, and Doctor Who. Well, that's one constant is Doctor Who is still huge. There at Dragon Con. And I remember when it was very, very big, you know, when it first kind of blew up, that was, that was fun. But this year, you know, you have a lot more new fandom. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I I thought it was, I thought it was really fun.
0: Yeah. I, I was confused by some cosplayers (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't know like you, like you, I, I think that I'm sort of stuck in my rut of, of the things that I like mm-hmm. and not really, not a rut. It's just, I'm, I'm stuck there and, and no, I don't, I'm not even gonna say I'm stuck there. I'm where I'm wanna, I, I'm where I want to be, but there are so many facets to pop culture now that I'm oblivious to. And, and you see these people come in dressed up like certain things and you're like, what the crap are you, you know, oh, what are you right. even supposed to be? Um, and and it's obvious to other people that, and not not me. I, you know, I just I don't, I don't even know. I'm just looking stupid, and everybody else is like, "Oh gosh, that's the coolest costume I've ever seen, man!" <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, no clothes, whitey tidies, and a red cape. I guess that's cool, <laughs> you know, whatever." But uh, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I I enjoy it more now that I look back on it than I probably did when I was there. Uh, the star Wars track was excellent. Um, I, the only thing I could say about that is I wish there was more of it, you know? Right. And, and I wish that uh, there was, um, yeah, I wish there was more star Wars. There was more of a, a star Wars presence. And when I say a star Wars presence, more than Daniel Logan, Peter Mayhew, Henry Gilroy, Delilahs uh, Delilah S Dawson, Claudia Gray and Steve Bloom I think might have been there, right? right? And that that that's it. You know, and I know they're fighting with Fan Expo in Toronto, which is the same weekend, and of course they get the big Brebbles reveal and they get, you know, some some other uh high-profile Star Wars celebrities there where Dragon Con didn't, um, right? And actually, I actually struck up a conversation with. Uh, gosh, I wish I could remember her name, but she she writes for Big Shiny Robot, uh, and she does some of the Star Wars content over there. And she was talking about this, like this has been a problem with Dragon Con, and 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 it's like can't really figure out why this happens, but like they can't get the star Wars presence that, that they really want for some reason, you know, I mean, yes, they have a few star Wars celebs every year, but not as big, not as much as they would like to have, you know? Um, so I would really like if next year they could really push really hard to get more, more of a star Wars presence at the convention, more, more panels. Um, I did go to, did you go to the, uh, the bounty hunter and Wookiee panel?
1: No, I I wasn't able to make it.
0: Okay. So, so we went there and and it's, it's basically Daniel Logan and Peter Mayhew. And uh, they're just talking about their experiences on the set of star Wars. Um, You know what it was like growing up in star Wars. And it, it was a, 45 minute panel. It was nice, uh, informative. And I I think people really enjoyed it, especially hearing from, uh, Peter Mayhew. Um, and especially one of the last questions was, uh, what do you think about the new star Wars films? And of course, Daniel Logan's like, yeah, I love them. I can't wait. You know, hopefully I'll get involved in one soon. And Peter Mayhew was like, no comment. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> no comment. So apparently, you know, I, I, I guess, uh, well, he did mention that he has problems with the way, and JJ J. Abrams has mentioned this in the past that he had problems with the way he and Leia were treated after Han's death. You know, he said he thought there should have been a moment between them when they get off the Millennium Falcon coming back from, uh, starkiller base. And I, I don't think I don't think that set well with with Peter, but um
1: it, it doesn't but, sound like it did, but I mean I here's my thing on that though. I mean it's it's definitely an oversight like it's it's really a you know like that was overlooked and it should I mean, you know, we deserved that. So maybe you know maybe they could correct that in the next movie or something, but I don't know just him holding a grudge for that is kind of crappy to me. I don't know like it's Like, I don't know. I I just, I would be like, eh, there's no sense in, you know, crapping on the movie because, because you're, you know, you're butthurt about one aspect of it. Yeah. If I, if I was talking to him, you know, but I get it. And, you know, that's a, that's a character he holds dear to his heart. And it's, you know, it's, it's his bread and butter. And Mm -hmm. he would, and I guess, you know, in my opinion, he would know, he would know what Chewie would do or what would go on, you know, over anybody else.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing one thing that I did notice and it's not just at Dragon Con, but I, I noticed this really for the first time at, at Star Wars Celebration. Um not even so much in the well, I guess I started noticing it at The Force Awakens, but you know, life <laughs> life is 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 a weird thing, man. Like every one of my favorite or iconic characters are getting older now. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and especially with Carrie Fisher passing, it just kind of hits home that, that these guys won't be around forever. And I I see that with, when I met Billy D. Williams at celebration and just seeing him having to be, you know, he can, he can walk, he can walk just fine, but having to be wheelchaired from wherever he was. And it was probably a long trip. So, you know, put him in a wheelchair, we can walk faster. You know, let me get there, get you there. But then going over to see Peter Mayhew at Dragon Con and just seeing they have, you know, they have to help him up the stairs to the stage. And it's a real struggle. And even for him to sit down, it's a real struggle. And it just kind of it it kind of breaks my heart to see my my heroes aging like this and i know it's just a fact of life and and you're not going to get around it but it kind of it 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 um reiterates my own mortality right like right. i see it in my kids like i'm i'm getting older and one day they're gonna be in in my shoes basically so it it especially with something like star Wars and, and you're, and you've seen the movie so many times, it's like it's ingrained in your head. Right. And when you see princess Leia, you see 20 year old Carrie Fisher. When you see Luke, you see 20 year old Luke Skywalker or Mark Hamill. You see 40 year old Harrison Ford from return of the Jedi or whatever. And now these people are, are older, you know, and it's just kind of, I don't wanna say shocking. It's just it 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 really hits home as as to the fact that these guys are aging and they won't be around. Right. You know, forever. And uh Okay, so I'll stop being so morbid right now. But it was just really, you know, heartbreaking to see Peter Mayhew going through going through that. Um one thing I will say, uh you know, I thought that celebration autograph prices were high. well, it looks like uh those prices are 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 here to stay, and they are the same prices at Dragon con Peter yeah, mayhew's autograph used
1: to be cheaper
0: uh, yeah, Peter mayhew fifty bucks,
1: yeah, and see, I paid twenty for his when i when I got his it's
0: just dragon con pro- i mean that's celebration price from the tops
1: people you know,
0: yeah, so. Uh, but, you know, people are willing to pay for it because he was sold out every time I went over there. You know, it was like, uh, his line's capped. Oh, well, crap. And I must, you know, I, I'm i willing to pay $50 for it because I'm thinking, you know, I may not get to Dragon Con next year. Or, you know, I may not live to see Dragon Con or he may not live to see Dragon Con next year. So I wasn't, I wasn't too happy with the $50 price point, though. What else from Dragon Con? There were, you know, we went to the book signing. The book signing was kind of cool. Kind of yeah, got nervous. Really cool. Yeah, I kind of got nervous because I didn't know if I was going to get a book or not. <laughs> I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on Claudia Gray and Delilah S. Dawson?
1: I'll, I'll tell you this, um, in all honesty, I mean, I, I you know, both of them were really sweet. I mean, I, I was fanboying out for Cla- Claudia Gray obviously and, she, and apparently she's a rock star because she <laughs> everybody loves her um mm. i thought i thought the panel was great i will say delilah S. dawson was a little less like i don't know i was not feeling her as much I, and I, I don't i'm not trying to say that in like a, i'm a in a biased sort of way it just i don't know it just even down to the to the answers to some of her questions maybe it's just because yeah. she's kind of new to the experience yeah um it was kind of weird. Like one of the questions I thought was a really good question. You know, it was like who, you know, who would you if you could choose whoever you wanted, who would you want to write about? Like what what character would you want to write a book about and why, you know? And and hers was well, whatever they'll give me. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. And it was and it sounded more like she was just trying to like Suck up to the company like, you know, because because every every character they give out to everybody, they know how to, you know, give give a character to someone that that would that would, you know, that would make that character shine. That, that's, you know, that it's a perfect match for a, a certain character. So I would pick whatever they, they gave me. I just thought that was kind of a lame answer because Claudia Gray, of course, like, I don't know that she just already drooling over and then she just spoke to my heart even more because she wanted to do, if you remember, uh a Qui-Gon and uh young Obi Wan story. And mm-hmm. I was that was it. After that, I'm just like, okay, I'm de- I'm dead. I'm good. A she buddy cop, she called it
0: <laughs> Yeah, she called it a buddy cop movie. Yeah, yeah. That that would that that would be a very a very good book. Um I, I was more interested in her answer about wanting to do a Lando Calrissian movie. I mean a, a Lando Calrissian book. Right. And now really I will explore. say I th- I
1: want to say her buddy cop comment might have been about Lando.
0: Yeah, it might have you're you're it right. It may but have I been. Mean, I
1: mean I'm now that I'm thinking about it, because I may have I think you when you had asked me before, I think I may have been wrong about that. I okay. want to say that the buddy cop idea might've been for the Lando. Cause the reason I say that is because I, I thought she's kind of on the same wavelength as a friend of mine that suggested a movie idea. It's kind of on that same thing. It's like, Hey, they should do like a Lando and Lobot movie. And it's like the cannonball <laughs> run. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know what? Gosh. That, that would be pretty awesome.
0: But it was a, it was a really cool experience too, because, uh, Once you got in, you got the opportunity to buy either the new books, Phasma or Leia and or both, you know, your choice. And then you you get to walk up there and meet them and have them sign the book for you. And I'd already bought Phasma for from Audible. So I bought a copy of Leia, a nice, pristine copy with a small dent in the top of it, which made me very mad. And, you know, she signed it to Ashley, you know, Claudia Gray. And I was like, Oh, this is so cool. Nice to meet you, Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, so it was a cool experience. Yeah. You know, just, just, just to, to do that and be able, be able to do that. And I'll tell you, the room was packed. I mean, you know, and there was, there was still a line of people outside waiting to get in to see if they could get their books or, or purchase books and, and, and get them signed. Um, so I don't know what time the event ended, you know, it was scheduled for an hour, yeah, but I, think I it guarantee you, yeah, I
1: think it was only scheduled for an hour.
0: I guarantee it went over,
1: you know, it oh, had definitely. to have. I was surprised, but I mean, we, I feel like we showed up at the right time because otherwise we wouldn't have gotten in the room cause we were, you know, we were on the other section. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so we were lucky.
0: Yeah. So it was actually a really, really, really cool panel and, uh, and book signing, Event. You know, a
1: good follow up to that too is that you know, because I got the, I got the book because I, I had brought some books for Claudia to sign. You know, the her first two she's written for Star Wars, and uh, I was gonna, you know, I was just gonna get those signed, and they were saying that well, she's, pro- I think she's just gonna sign her new book tonight. So, and I had brought Phasma, you know, for for Delilah. So, so yeah, so I ended up buying a, a Leia book there and having her sign, Claudia sign that and had Delilah sign my Phasma book, and um. What's funny is the next day I go to the vendors and find where Claudia Gray's big section is. And so, yeah, we were able to, to set up a time to come back and, and I got her to sign the rest of the books and meet her. Oh,
0: sweet. Yeah. Do you get to talk to her long or just?
1: Not really long. Cause we, we started, you know, it, it was just a small group of us and, um, mm-hmm. but then I think other people noticed and started, started coming over there and started making a line so i didn't keep her too long but i was you know i talked to her about seeing her on the live stream for the first time and and uh and how i saw you know like basically her personality caught my attention and then looking at the book she you know that she was presenting there was the lost stars book and i i talked i told her and laughed about how how i saw the thickness of the book i thought it was so big i'm like it's like the goblet of fire of Star Wars books. And she starts <laughs> laughing and she's like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, she was just, I mean, she was just a real sweet person. She was, and she cares about her fans. You know, she even was like looking at us and like, you know, let's, you know, let's make sure we we're not cutting in front of anybody or anything like that. And I, we were like, we were all kind of as a group, like, no, we were all up here together just waiting on you. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. that's great. That's great. You know, and, uh, another my, one of my friends that came that, that day, um, you know, I, I was glad I was able to set that up for her because she's a, like a new Star Wars nerd. You know, she's kind of new to the universe, but she's like deep in it now, and also kind of like a new reader for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And Lost Stars was like her her most favorite Star Wars book, and so meeting Claudia Gray, I got to watch her meet her, and it was like it was like her meeting a a, a huge celebrity. Like she fangirled out. She was shaking. Yeah, at first. I mean, I, I think she was able to kind of hold it together once she actually did talk to Claudia Gray. But before that, she was the first one to see her coming from the from the crowd, and we're and, we're like, and she was like, "Oh my God, she's coming!" <laughs> and she starts shaking, <laughs> and uh, and it was crazy. But but you know, yeah, it was it was a great experience. I thought Claudia was a class act. So if she's listening to this, Claudia, you're awesome. Awesome. You know, I, I, I'll I'll I will say
0: there was another panel. That that I went to, and it it featured Timothy Zahn and Henry Gilroy, and they were just it was kind of a rebels panel, I guess you know, uh, a lot of talking about Thrawn because of course that's what Timothy Zahn create, who Timothy Zahn created, and lots of people trying to get Rebel season four questions in, and Henry Gilroy just <laughs> somebody in the audience finally wrote down on a, on a little index card for him, you know, wait till season four, you know, and, and gave it to him <laughs> so he could just hold the the sign up when people ask season four questions. <laughs> you have to wait till season four. Which would think a lot people
1: of would have common sense to know that that's, that they're not going to answer any of those questions.
0: <laughs> oh, but they tried, they tried in every single way. They tried to, to get season four questions out of him or answers out of him, which he, you know, he, he he hinted at some things, but he didn't, you know come out and say say a lot. He hinted at there may be a nice Kanan Hera scene, you know, relationship kind of scene coming in season four. So that'll be interesting. There was a lot of joking around about uh, oh gosh. Hot hot uh callous. you know. <laughs> Yeah, And, uh, so, so some of that was pretty funny, but it, you know, it was another hour long panel and it was surprisingly really good. Uh, there was another podcast, Star Wars podcaster on the panel too. I can't remember his name. Um, and, uh, a couple of right, a couple of bloggers from one of them was like Star Wars news report and the other was from, oh Gosh, I can't remember right off the top of my head. This is where I should take notes, and I didn't because Boy. I was just, yeah, I know. I was so so into the, the discussion that I didn't really want to take time to to write that, that stuff down. But um, it was a really good discussion. And, and speaking of Henry Gilroy, he is, of course, a lot of people may know him as one of the co-creators of, like, the Clone Wars. Um, and you know, the movie and the series and, and of course, Ahsoka Tano, he, he helped create that character along with George and Dave Filoni. And and he's also, I think he's head writer for star Wars rebels too. Um, so we got a chance to sit down with, with Mr. Gilroy for about 10 minutes, uh, at dragon con. And, uh, we're going to play this little interview with him. you right now can you describe you know Dave Filoni was made creative guru over everything not too long ago can you kind of break down the collaboration effort that goes into creating an episode of Rebels or Clone Wars and how you two kind of come up with story ideas.
2: Sure. I mean, most of the time we have a summit where Mm -hmm. we sit together with the Lucasfilm Story Group Mm -hmm. and... We talk about, you know, the stories we want to do for the upcoming season. And Mm -hmm. we kind of vaguely discuss the arc and where the characters are going. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously Dave's a part of that. Um, And then, based on those conversations, I'll start generating premises. And then, once we get enough of those, then we can have our regular, full-on story summits. Where we invite our writers, our writing team up. And then we sit in that same sort of groups, and we basically break down the stories beat by beat. Writing uh, writing on a marker, you know, a whiteboard mm-hmm. markup, and um, so it's a very collaborative process. A lot of times, um, you know, I'll say, "Oh my, this would be a really great idea for a story," and I'll pitch it to Dave, and i will be like, man that sounds cool," and we can do this, this, and this, or he'll be the other thing. He'll say, "I want to do a story about blah blah blah," and then we'll you know we'll concentrate on that. So, you know, you're doing an ensemble story, you do want to give everybody every character their time, mm-hmm. and and you know that's something that when we are breaking down those. Uh, those initial premises we kind of think about oh you know what's the next part of Sabine's Mm -hmm. arc or where's Zeb in this place you know what's going on with Kanan or Hera you know Ezra usually is a focal point and you know he's our audience's center but you know the show has become a really strong ensemble so you like all the characters okay so um, as far as breaking down the stories we, we we also try to do stories that we just like certain kinds of stories and we're like You know, I mean, there's obviously war stories, but if we do one that's a little more of a caper story or if there's a horror story, Mm -hmm. um, that also has an impact on how we develop Mm -hmm. the stories.
0: Well, okay, so whose idea was it to have the singing droid in season three?
2: That's Dave Filoni.
0: (laughs) That's Dave Filoni. Yeah, all Dave Filoni. Okay, you couldn't say, no, don't do that. (laughs) What, What did you think of it? It were, to me, it wasn't Star Wars. It it kind of took me out of the the moment. You know, I, I, it, I was like watching Star Wars, and then I was like watching
2: Singing in the Rain or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Well, I think the idea is if you think about, um, you know, the way Anthony Daniels portrayed, um, uh, you know, kind of really created the character mm. C three C- 3- PO. He brought a lot to it. You know, mm-hmm. Originally, you know, George cast this guy who did a Brooklyn accent. I don't know if you know that, oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically, the idea of, you know, these droids can be surprising and can have, you know, that uh, uh, can have points of view that you would completely not expect. I think is a really kind of refreshing. It's kind of added a lot to the character. So yeah. I understand if it took you out. I think. Uh, we were definitely surprised by it, but I think mm-hmm. it's definitely one of the most memorable moments of that episode, you have to admit. It is. I You're mean,
0: that's the one thing I do remember about the episode. <laughs> You're asking me a question about it. So, so, um, ha- okay, so what part does the story group play in, in the production of of the Rebels show? I mean, like, I guess they have a kind of a guideline for everything that fits yeah, into I mean, the Star the, Wars. I
2: mean, the, the Lucasfilm story group kind of has their... Their um, influence and so, sort of uh, overseeing all of the stories being created to kind of keep everything um, in continuity, mm-hmm. but also to just make sure that, that you know we're not repeating our you know ourselves. Oh, Those games too similar to this novel or, or something you're doing and I get rebels you. is not the same as it is a free maker. So there's there's a lot of um, that sort of thing, um, which is I think really helpful because when you're really focused. Um, on, like, an episode of Rebels, or at any one time, like right. in season three, I'm working on nine or ten scripts at, at a time. You know, the, the, the premises for these over here, but then the final drafts are mm-hmm. over here. So, um, having them read the scripts and give notes about, you know, the continuity issues mm-hmm. is really like a key thing. But,
0: so, basically, they give you free reign to do what you want, and then they come in and pick,
2: pick up, maybe, you know, pick, like, no, don't do that, you know. Um, yeah, it's almost like, yeah, occasionally, yeah, that happens. I mean, you know, I think having, having um, a team of folks who are really invested in the property and know what's going on and all aspects of it is super helpful. Okay. So,
0: well, let's, let's roll the clock back for a little while and go back to the beginning of the Clone Wars. Like, can you
2: describe how you got involved? With with the Clone Wars, yes, I can. Um, I I had actually um, written some Star Wars comics back in the mid '90s, Mm -hmm. um, Star Wars Tales. I basically was doing mostly animation work, and um, oh, and I was surprised by your knowledge of Star Wars comics. At that panel the other day, I was like, man, this guy really knows his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I worked with a lot of those guys, yeah. too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I have them all. You know, yeah. I have, uh, you know, actually Killian Plunkett um his mm-hmm. work on, you know, Shadows of the Empire, you know, mm-hmm. um, that uh, he illustrated and actually, excuse me, it was my idea to bring him to Clone Wars in the beginning anyway. Oh, okay. Because I knew he was a guy who had an attention to detail, even though he was a Star Wars comic artist, he mm-hmm. had an attention to detail, and, and really knew the Macquarie work really well. So mm-hmm. um, it was great. And he's still there. He's still working on, you know, as the art director of Rebels and, and okay. you know, helped Dave define the look mm-hmm. of the Clone Wars in the beginning. So anyway, to, to back up how I got involved, um, so I'd done uh, these comics, and when it came time for uh, the prequel um, adaptations, I... Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know they asked well who should we get in Georgia gonna like, you know, get somebody who understands like screenplays mm-hmm. at that point I've been writing you know animation for you know seven years mm-hmm. I think I got the, got the script in the 1997 two years before the movie came out <laughs> and um, which I you probably heard me talk about how paranoid I was when yeah. I out into my house so um, that trip of okay here's a guy who knows comics has written Star Wars comics before but also has you know the cinema background mm-hmm. something George oh use that guy okay and um and he wanted a really photorealistic look, um, and that was Rodolfo Tomaggio, He was chosen for that. So how I got involved in that was I'd done the adaptations. George was pleased with both of them. Mm-hmm. So when it came time um, in 2005 to you know do a Clone Wars series. Mm-hmm. Um, george george uh you know i think they met with a bunch of other writers too but i was one who um had the star wars experience yeah and that definitely made the producer feel more comfortable hmm. um and i had met dave he, dave was working on timo supremo yeah the, the mm-hmm. series right at disney and i'd written a few episodes of those so i had met him you know him and his wife and um back at disney um in the early 2000s so we already had kind of a relationship Mm -hmm. and and the vast star wars knowledge that we shared Mm -hmm. um um i think was really helpful in in developing that series so that's how i got involved in clone wars was oh here's a guy who has the animation experience but he also has the comics experience
0: okay so last question what was what do you feel is the biggest mark you left on the clone wars as as a creator, you know,
2: um, probably I, I. Boy, that's a tough question. I would have to say my, you know, I co-created Ahsoka with mm-hmm. George and Dave. Oh, okay. Um, so that 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 is probably the something that I'm most proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, Dave and I created Rex. Yeah. So there are those stories. I think the stories. All of the stories I'm really proud of. Mm-hmm. You know, the malevolent story was something that I came up with. Um, you know, based on you know the you know sink the, sink the Bismarck mm-hmm. you know, film, um, and I could just go down the list of things, but but it's I don't want to take credit for all of it because, like the collaboration of George and Dave, really fills it out, mm-hmm. and and having George's influence, the guy who created the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I think my contributions are, I mean, you know, the fact that I'm sitting here talking to you, oh, yeah. and I feel, you know, proud. But yeah. I'm always thankful that, like, wow, I got a chance to actually be part of contributing, um, um, uh, contributing something that's enduring mm-hmm. to Star Wars, and uh, that's you know, I can't, you know, I can't replace that. But I I realize that none of it happens without George Lucas. Yeah. Well,
0: all right, well I sure appreciate your time and
2: thank you no so problem. much. Thank you thank so you. much.
0: So that was our little interview with uh Henry Gilroy and I, nicest guy in the whole world, you know. Nicest guy. I even got a picture with him at the end. So that was really really cool. Uh you know, I I, I chose not to to go and ask him any, anything about Rebel season 4 because I'm not going to put him on the spot. Don't want to get him in trouble. He's not going to answer those questions anyway, because he can't say anything about season four until after the episodes hit. So I I just kind of asked him about the whole process of, of rebels, how it goes from, you know, kind of thought to what we see on TV and, and who's responsible for what. And it was a little bit, it was interesting to see, to see that, you know, to hear him tell you about the collaboration process that goes on between, you know, the writers, Dave Filoni and the the story group, Lucasfilm story group. And just to see how all that melds together to give us what we see on the screen. Uh, I, you know, I guess we have, uh, Dave Filoni to blame for the singing droid. And, uh, you know, then we got to talking about, uh his, his Clone Wars work. And, you know, for some reason, maybe, maybe I just didn't know this, but, or, or never really realized it. I had no clue that he was like really co-creator of Ahsoka and, and Rex. And, and I was surprised at his comic book work too, for, for Dark Horse and how he got, you know, initially got pulled into Lucas doing this for, for Lucasfilm. Um, And I wish I so wish that I had, you know, circumstances, if, if circumstances were different, I would have gone back to the the art art room with with all the comic artists just to see him and maybe buy some books from him. Because I know he had some Star Wars books, you know, comics out there for sale and he was signing them and stuff. So I really wish I could have gone back because he has a he has a big comic knowledge base there with him, too. So that was really really cool, um, you know what, we're we're already running out of time for this week. We're we're over ten minutes already. Over, yeah. I, and we have so much more to cover. We, you know, next week we will get back into Dragon Con. We'll we'll talk more about our experiences at Dragon Con. We will hit the Star Wars Rebels season four trailer, kind of break it down for you, and maybe even review. Uh, Delilah S. Dawson's Phasma book If Austin has finished it by then Alright that's going to do it for this week's episode Of the Outer Rim News Podcast Like I said next week We got another big show Slated for you Um, In the meantime Remember Star Wars Rebels Season 4 Starts October 16th Be there Or be square May the force be with you